Today, on Commitment to Truth. So many times we, I don't know about you, I've went through seasons of my life, okay, I'm a, I'm a memorize this Bible verse, I'm a, I'm a repeat it over and remind myself of it. Well, let's be honest, I didn't believe it. That's why I had to remind myself over it. But the grace of God somehow attaches the head and heart. When you experience the compassion and mercy of God, when you don't deserve it, it changes your heart. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we continue a series titled, I'm Skilled. Throughout our lives, whether we were following the Lord or not, each one of us has gained a set of skills in various areas of our lives. You may think that these skills were only in service to yourself or to a boss and are of no use to God, but you would be wrong. Each skill you have gained can be used in service to Him, no matter where you are. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. But if you can, open with me now to 2 Samuel. We'll be in 2 Samuel chapter 24, and we're going to be into some peripheral verses as well. But 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 1 through 10, gives us our springboard for today. And these are three principles David learned in his failures, right? Three decisions and our outcomes that occurred immediately when he chose to make his decision to number his men to number his men. I'm sure many of you have heard this story, but it's worth just slowing down, reading it again, digesting it. And again, we're going to get three principles uh, right off the top to be the springboard into uh, what are some things as I want to say today as leaders and influencers, because if you today put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're a leader and you're an influencer in this world because you're light, you're salt, and your sweet smell and aroma. You, I, we have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to impact world, the world and generations. Amen? So that being said, here's the three found again, verses 1 through 10. It says, now again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel. And it excited David against them to say, go number Israel and Judah. The king said to Joab, the commander of the army who was with him, go about now throughout all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba and register the people that I might know the number of the people. But Joab said to the king, now may the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times as many as they are right now. While the eyes of the Lord, the king uh, still see. But why does... My Lord, the King, delight, take pleasure in, desire to do this thing. Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Now, remember last week we talked about the abuse of authority as influencers and leaders. Here's a clear abuse of authority. His subservient is coming and say, hey, hey, boss, have this suggestion. You should probably do what God has instructed you to do versus you doing what you want to do, all right? Uh, so he goes on to, to say, um, nevertheless, let's go back to verse four. Nevertheless, 
The kings were prevailed against Joab, against the commanders of the army. So Joab and the commanders of the army went out from the presence of the king to register the people of Israel. They crossed the Jordan and uh, camped in uh, a place called uh, Eroer on the right side of the city, that is in the middle of the valley of Gad and towards Jazer. Then they came to Gilead and to the land of, this is a big word here, all right, it is Tating uh, Henshi, or Henshi, depends on how you pronounce that. And they came to Dahan and around Sidon, or Sidon, and came to the fortress of Tyre and to all the cities of the Hivites and the Canaanites, and they went out to the south of Judah to Beersheba. So when they had gone about, through the whole land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and 20 days. And that's going to come in handy, that verse later on. It says, and Joab gave the number of the registra- registration of the people to the king. And it says this, and there were in Israel 800,000 valiant men. Now, that's just warriors, okay, warriors, who drew the sword and the men which were more men of Jerusalem were 500,000 men. Now, David's heart troubled him after he had numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now, O Lord, please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I acted very foolishly. Now, before we get into our three principles here, this is what I want to say to this about the character of David that we should embrace. Every time David sinned, it was brought to his attention. David rectified it on the spot. Understand that. There's no lapse in time. You follow what I'm saying? Once it's revealed, once it's exposed, David said, oh, God, I have sinned against you. Remember when he he sinned against Bathsheba? Bathsheba? Well, immediately when it was brought to his attention, he's like, oh, it's, it's me? You're talking about me? Okay, well, let me deal with me. Character flaw in the body of Christ, number one, this is not the three principles, is that there's always this delinquency to admit that, guess what? I'm the culprit. It's the woman you gave me. We get real theological. Well, it's Satan. Just just put a pin in that right now today. How quickly, how expeditiously David always dealt with sin in his life whenever it was brought to his attention. Make sense? Now, here's the three principles. The first is found in verses 1 through 3. The importance of wise counsel. One of the biggest failures in influencers and leaders' life is this, is that there will always be people around us that could be wiser than us and or God could use them to speak into a situation. Remember what the scripture says, in a multitude of counsel, there is what? Safety. By wise counsel, we wage war and we find what? Victory. So here, clearly God was giving David an out by the voices of other people in his life, but David did what? He shunned them. 
which led to the second failure in verses 4 through 9, the sinful will. In other words, listen, church, one thing is for sure, all of our wills are sinful and all of our will, personal will, personal desires, personal desires are very, very, very strong. So here's the dilemma with this. The dilemma is this. If we're not pursuing God's will, we're pursuing what? Our will. If we're not working and striving hard after presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing unto God, if we're not pursuing the will of God, we are pursuing our flesh. Now, we can categorize it like this. Well, you know, I'm serving my wife or I'm doing this for my children. I'm doing this for my great grandchildren. Wrong. It's still for you. Still for me. Because it revolves around me. You follow me? So here we find David, he had this, this influence that at the end of the day, he got his way. And that's what happens so many times in, in marriages, in relationships, in friendships, in ministry, in the church overall, is that folks just want their way. Versus pursuing aggressively the will of God. It took nine months and 20 days for David to get his way. Nine months and 20 days for David to get his way. You know what that says to you and I? David had nine months and 20 days for a room for escape. But he chose not to take it. He heard from God through Joab. It took nine months and 20 days for David to eventually be confronted with his strong-willed but he still had nine days and 20 months to come to his senses. So what, what does that liken to you and I? I don't know about you. God will speak to me. It may not take nine months and 20 days. It may take nine hours and 20 seconds. But even that is too long. To set us up for failure... Delayed obedience is still disobedience. When God says, don't do it, we don't do it. If God says, do do it, we don't do do it. Strong will. Lastly, you find this third principle in verse 10. Abandoning wise counsel, getting our way, always leads to foolishness. Thank you for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We'll continue with the second part of the message right after this. Question after question stirs within the mind of every business person, each one possessing the potential to sear the most well-intentioned conscience. Thus, a simple tool is needed to help you navigate through those difficult decisions, those required moves that could affect the outcome of not only your career or someone else's career, but the lives of entire families. We're talking generations. My Daily Business. You can purchase this book and others by Cedric Brown at cedricbrown.com. Thank you again for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We now return for the second half of our message. Oh Lord, please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have acted foolishly. You see, we can get our way in anything we want to do, right? 
we can manipulate it, get very creative, get our own way, but at the end of the day, it's foolishness before God. You see, then if you, you look quickly at, at Psalm 20, verse 7, listen to what it says. Some boast in chariots, some in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. So, listen, I'm not for sure as far as the chronological order of when this particular psalm was written. So let's assume that this psalm was written prior to this sin and failure of David. Well, chronologically, that then will say this in, in the heart of a person. Well, if you pinned what you knew was to be true, that you do not trust in horses, nor do you trust in chariots, but you trust in the name of the Lord, well, you still chose to sin against God towards what you already knew was his will, was to not trust in anyone else but him. But let's say, again, chronologically, it is written post, right? What this should tell us is how this man had quickly, right, assembled his heart, corrected his heart and says, now I get it, God. I get it, God. I numbered the men, but now I understand post-failure that I would never, what, trust in horses, trust in chariots, but I will only trust in you. So no matter your context in life, right, so if it is pre or post, if it's pre, the caution is what? Oh, God, give me the courage, give me the strength not to act foolishly and go against what you have already written and what you've already instructed me. But if it is post, right, understanding, well, God, thank you so much for revealing that to me. Thank you so much for the privilege of failure, believe it or not. And then now from this point on, I will never trust in horses. I will never trust in chariots but I'll trust in you. But what are some of the skills David learned in this failure? If you continue to read with me in 2 Samuel chapter 24, we're going to pick up at verse number 11. We're going to read verses 11 through 14. It says, When David arose in the morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad and David's seers saying, go and speak to David. Thus the Lord says, I am, this, this always just gives me chills and just gives me like a healthy perspective. The Lord says, I am offering you three things. The Lord doesn't have to offer us anything, especially when it comes to sin. I am offering you three things. Choose for yourself one of them, which I would do too, but it will be done to you, right? So God came to David and told him and said to him, number one, shall, uh, shall seven years of famine come to you in your land? Number two, or will you flee three months before your foes while they pursue you. Well, God, don't let that happen again to me, right? Remember that journey? Number three, shall there be three days of pestilence in your land? Now, consider and see what answer I shall return to him who sent me. Then listen to David's response. Then David said to God, I'm in great distress. Let us now fall into the hand of the Lord for his mercies are great but do not let me fall into the hand of man 
I don't know if you've ever, I've never prayed that before. I never pray, okay, well, God, uh, you know, I just did this wrong. Do whatever you want with me. Right? It's more like, okay, well, let me fight against that person. Then I can, I can fight my way through that person. But God, you, remember what the scripture says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. It's a terrible thing to fall in the hand of a righteous God. But yet David was willing to do this first thing. And you know what it is? Listen, as a leader and an influencer, this is so important before we can lead or influence anywhere and change this world. We must always understand and accumulate the skill set of this. God is always gracious. God is always gracious in spite of me. Why is that important? You see, we cannot extend the grace of God to each other until we first experience the grace of God ourselves. We cannot extend the grace of God to a sinner until we are first redeemed by the grace of God as sinners ourselves. You follow me? Listen, one of the biggest problems and causes of tension in the body of Christ or in intimate relationships is a lack of grace. One of the biggest problems in leading people who fail you as a leader or an influence is the lack of grace. Well, how many times I'm going to give you an opportunity to fix this? Well, the way God rolled it out to David, hey, whatever, however you want me to fix it. Who would ever in their right mind in a, in, a, in a position of authority, say, hey, okay, you're going to have some consequences. So, so, you know, you've been late to work every single day for the last three years. Whatever you want me to do to you, employee, I'm going to do. Who makes that proposal but grace? And that's why if you look at verse 12, it says, I am offering you three things choose decide for yourself the word offering means to place options before a person the greatest option that God placed before us is Jesus it's his finished work is fitting for every failure for every thought every deed past present future his grace is so fitting can never forget that if you haven't experienced that yourself, you can't administer that, that as an influencer or, or a, a leader in any context. But then you look at verse 14, it says, for his mercies, his compassions are great. It's very easy to skim over this, this word in, in the Hebrew, but listen to what it says. For his mercies or his compassions are abundant. They are many. They are long-lasting. Well, how long do we need God's grace until I see him face to face? I don't know about you, <laughs> right? But again, if we, if we embrace that, if we embrace it and say, oh, wow, shucks, I keep messing this thing up over and over and over and over again, and his grace is so enduring in my life, why then can I extend that to woo someone else? Let's go deeper. You see, in Psalm 145, this is what David wrote when it comes to God's mercies and his support when we fall. He says, the Lord is good to all. His mercies are over all his works. 
So whatever works God is doing, we can define good, bad, or indifferent. Guess what? You find what? His mercy. All of your works will give, will give thanks to you, Lord, and your godly ones will bless you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your might to make known to the sons of mankind your mighty acts. You're going to see more of this, that it's, it's speaking of generations, your sons, your daughters. It says, in the glory of the majesty of your kingdom, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout, guess what? All generations. Then listen to what it says. The Lord is faithful in his words and holy in all his works. The Lord supports all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. That's what he offers. But you see, you see some body language there. Fall. Chances are no one walks around and said, I'm just going to fall just because I want to fall. We'll trip and we'll fall. It'll be maybe unexpected, right? We fall. But understand how you act when you fall. Raises up all who are what? Bow low. Change of heart. You see, our failures have a way of making God's greater grace come alive. And then here's the beauty of it. Then it supernaturally cleanses us. So many times we, I don't know about you, I've went through seasons in my life. Okay, I'm going to memorize this Bible verse. I'm going I'm to repeat it over and remind myself of it. But let's be honest, I didn't believe it. That's why I had to remind myself over it. But the grace of God somehow attaches the head and the heart. When you experience the compassion and mercy of God when you don't deserve it, changes your heart. Changes your heart. Thank you again for listening to our series, I'm Skilled. From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church a place for all nations. King David gained many skills throughout his life, including his time before he was king. He learned to worship, he learned to rescue, he learned to be a warrior, and he even learned from failure. Just like David, we also learn many skills throughout our lives. God wants to use these skills to build up his kingdom and for his glory. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening and have a blessed and wonderful day.
Yeah. <laughs>